0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Anti Up, brought to you by Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. And lo and behold, Adam Ronis, here we are, 2020, the MLB season. Hello, the first no hitter, Lucas Giolito. Uh, you want to talk about a guy who has finally delivered on all the promise that we saw uh when he first got drafted when he was in the in the washington system uh and here he is now our first 2020 our covid no hitter can we call it so do we can we have like a nickname or something that we could call it that um i
1: don't yeah i mean i don't know if we need it at this point but yeah, Giolito, remarkable story. I mean, this was a guy in 2018, had a 6.13 ERA over 173 and a third innings and was a top prospect, traded in the, from the Nationals. And you're like, boy, what a dud. And then he just bounced back last year. And I remember I picked him up early in two leagues. I think there was, you know, you especially nowadays, you have to act quick. I think it was a start I was watching early in the year against the Red Sox. I was like, wow, that changeup looks good. You know what? I'm going to take a shot and at him in a couple leagues. And boy, did it work out. Helped me to a championship in one of them. And obviously this year it was tough to get him because he was going so early. I didn't land him anywhere. Not that I didn't want him. It's just, yeah, I just wasn't in a position to take him. And uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start this year. But the Pirates are just terrible. It doesn't matter. I've seen a couple people on Twitter saying, oh, well, the Pirates look at their averages. It doesn't matter, okay? You throw a no-hitter against a major league team. We can argue, yeah, the Pirates are kind of borderline major league team right now. But still, I mean, he dominated, got like 30 swings and misses, uh, one walk, 13 Ks. I mean, the one mistake he made, and I was listening to his postgame interview, was that last pitch. It was 0-2, and the catcher was calling for the ball up high, and he kind of threw it over the plate. It was a line drive to right field. It was caught, um, but Giolito was in control, and uh, congrats to him. It's a great story. Uh, you know, he just basically, I mean, think about it a 6.13 ERA over 173 in the third innings, man. To come back from that and dominate the way he did last year, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, just picking up where he left off, uh, you know, now that ERA is down to 309, he's got 58 strikeouts, 17 walks at 43 and two thirds innings. He's a lot. I didn't even realize this, dude. He's allowed 27 hits in 43 and two thirds innings, even before today. It was still impressive. That's still 32 and two-thirds innings, 27 hits in today's environment. So, uh, yeah, just a, another great start for him. And uh, if you had him in fantasy or DFS, uh, you're feeling pretty good.
0: Oh, you're feeling beyond pretty good. What is 76 FanDuel points uh, for Lucas Giolito over on DraftKings, uh, 49.6. So, how Do you know
1: how high the ownership was about? Um, you know what?
0: I actually have no idea. I played, you know, you know, it was so funny. I've been so crazy with, you know, all the recordings and the shows and this and that, uh, that the only lineup that I put in was, uh, for tout wars, uh, tout daily. Uh, Okay.
1: I would think he's highly owned going against the pirates. I mean, I know the salary is high. I mean, there were some decent pitchers on this slate though. I mean, you had, uh, Marquez on the road where he's much better. You had glass now against Baltimore, who obviously uh, had a, a big game. Mm-hmm. You had um, a couple of, Who? oh, Bieber for the Indians. So there were, and um, Woodruff and Castillo. So there were some good pitchers on this slate.
0: There were definitely some good pitchers on this slate. And there were a lot of really great games that, that you know, ended up getting thrown. I mean, Giolito, Glasnow, you said Bieber had a good game. Uh, Brandon Woodruff uh, had a good game. Spencer Turnbull. How about Spencer Turnbull, actually throwing five and two thirds of, uh, of of no run ball. Um, good. I
1: have him in my home league. He's got a two nine-seven ERA.
0: Right, and Luis Castillo actually kind of bounced back a little bit. Um, you know, not phenomenally, but you know, six innings, uh, two earned, got you nine strikeouts. There's uh, there's some good stuff to be had there. Definitely good stuff to be had.
1: Yeah, again, Glass now thirteen Ks, man. Just. Kind of, he's been shaky this year. Uh, and I did get him in an auction. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think I paid 22, 23 for him, pairing him up with Darvish. And it's been frustrating. I mean, his ERA, even after today, is still sitting at 5.14. It was his <laughs> first win of the year. Um, but, you know, the strikeouts, the way I looked at it was hey, we saw him dominate last year in a short period. Why can't he do it again? Now, you know, he, he's already faced the Yankees twice, Baltimore, which has actually been better offensively than we thought, Boston, which still can hit. Uh, So, but that we knew that coming in, you know, pitching in the East, uh, he was going to see some good uh, lineups, especially when having to face the Yankees. So hopefully let's get some headed into the right direction. But man, uh, he's got 48 strikeouts in 28 innings, man.
0: Now, from a fantasy baseball perspective here, and here we are in the in the short season, in the sprint you know, when when something like this happens, you know, when, when Giolito throws the no hitter, um, you know, 13Ks, he's been insanely unhittable. Uh, do you look at this as he's got nowhere to go but down and let me see about trading this guy? Or is this just a, you know what, he's been that good. It has been that consistent. Uh, let me hang back.
1: Uh, me, I'd probably hold on. I mean, look, you always explore the market. You never know. Uh, someone might overpay. And we are to the point now where, uh, what, he might have six starts left. So uh, he's made six, right? Most pitchers are going to get about 12 this year, maybe mm-hmm. 13 yeah. in a 60-game season. Uh, but I, I believe in him. I think the skills are there. So I think we're searching for pitching so much uh, and that we just don't have a lot of good starters out there and and Giolito is among them so I'm inclined to hold Uh, I know you know Kenta Maeda just missed a no hitter and then people like oh well what about his next start he threw so many pitches now the twins did hold him back though I think he threw and I didn't realize this uh in every other start outside of that no hitter he's only thrown like in the 80s for pitches so they. i don't know if the twins are doing this intentionally are they taking something out of the dodgers book i mean at least the they let him throw five six innings but uh they've been limiting maeda's pitch counts in, into the 80s um he did respond after that no hitter with another good performance and actually got the win but i'm i'm inclined to hold these guys unless someone's going to overwhelm me in a trade and it could happen you know there are probably some teams that are desperate out there i mean i've been looking at the standings of some of the eras man Holy crap, man! There are so many teams, so many teams with ERAs of like four and a half or higher. So um, I might be in that position, and I definitely think in one league, uh, my ERA is pretty bad. Uh, but the others, they've been pretty good, and it kind of cost me. So Tout is weekly, right? So I had Alec Mills in my lineup for the two start week, and I was worried about that second start against Cincinnati. And right before the deadline yesterday. I was like, you know what, my ERA, I'm third or fourth in the ERA. I'm like, you know what, I don't need someone to blow it up. I have a pretty good ERA and, wh- and whip's okay. Let me protect it. I pulled Alec Mills out. What does he do? Seven innings, one run, seven Ks and a win. And I'm like, oh, man, I could have really used that. Uh, every win counts. This is not, you know, a full season in July, August. Oh, it's okay. Well, I'll make up for it. Every win is crucial. I mentioned this with the Kentamaida blown win and his no hitter. Mm-hmm. So it sucks. I feel like man, that could cost me uh, potentially winning the championship. It sounds crazy, but it's absolutely the truth. So uh, you have to make tough decisions. Sometimes they're going to backfire, and uh, you just have to hope that you can make the next decision you have to make works out.
0: So where are we at in the in the season? Are we at the uh, we're about at the halfway point right trade deadlines coming up uh yeah. we're kind of moving moving through that and it should be interesting to see some movement from from your perspective here your assessment um like where were where were you as the season was starting get that starting pitching early you're going to have to lock it down because not many guys are going to start were you let me piece this together with middle relievers and keep my ratios down because Nobody, you know, and, and not draft like heavy starting pitching simply because, um, you know, nobody was going to be throwing, you know, 200 innings this year. Like wh- which side were you on? Um, because right now, I mean, when you kind of look at it with all the injuries and all the time off and everything, so far it seems to be the, uh, the, the you know, the pitching uh, has been really what's kind of keeping a people afloat. Like you said, look at some of the ERAs that you see.
1: Yeah, well, I only did one draft after the stoppage and we knew we were coming back for a 60 game season. It was an auction. So my plan was to try and get two solid starters. I mean, I was in on the bidding on some of these guys Uh, like I was in on the bidding for Clevenger and I think I went to 34. 33 or 34 and someone went a dollar higher and then I backed out, I'm like, damn, man, this dude wants his more than me. All right, fine. (laughs) I wound wound up getting Darvish for 24, which I thought was a steal. And even someone said to me after, like, what happened with Darvish? Did something... I think it was Nando, Nando DeFito. I think we had him on Alarm After Hours and he's like, dude, how'd you get Darvish for 24? He's like, I thought like something was wrong with the league software. What happened was... We did that draft in, like, a day or two before. Darvish got hammered in one of the exhibition games. Right. They only had, like, three. He got hammered. I think that scared people away. It yeah. didn't scare me away. I was like, 24? Thanks, guys. And I think I, I overpaid for glass now. I, it was probably maybe a little higher. But I got those two guys. Um, now, some of the other pitching uh, has kind of not worked out right now. <laughs> well, not Garrett Richards – 3-5-2 ERA, but the whip is high. Um, I wound up getting Josh Lindblom, who's been terrible. ERA terrible.
0: terrible. I'm I picked so up upset Randy
1: Dobnak. I picked up Randy Dobnek off waivers, and he's been good, but I'm scared because he doesn't strike anyone out. Uh I drafted Griffin Canning. He sucked for 880 ERA. Corbin Burns, who's been good. Right. So it's, you know, I got a couple guys that haven't pitched well. So I, I wanted to get good arms if I could. And you know, I was in on the bidding on, like, Jay Alito, Paddock, guys like that. I just missed out. But I thought Darvish and Glasnow were a pretty good combo. Darvish has worked out great so far. Glasnow, obviously, has been shaky. Um, you know, hoping that ERA and WHIP come down. The strikeouts have been great. Uh, but he's got work to do. It's, I got I to gotta say it's not worked out so far. I mean, the ERA and WHIP are too high, even though the strikeouts are great. So I wanted to get pitching. I think we talked about it, too. A lot of people were like, oh, yeah, just wait on pitching. You know, I I didn't want to do that. I still wanted to get a couple good arms. Uh, I really wanted Ada in this one, and I ran out of money Uh, because Maida was a guy that I've always liked, and I liked him a lot this year. And I was able to get him uh, TGFBI and my home league. So I was very high on Ada and I was just upset that I couldn't get him in this one. I think I had – I think he went for 15, and uh, I, I didn't have the budget to go to 16 at the point. But uh, Maeda was definitely a guy I liked this before the year and especially in a short season. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I listen. I I thought the move to the Twins was fantastic. I was really, really happy about that. I was in on him uh, as well. You were definitely more bullish on him than I was, but I definitely thought that the move uh, was, uh, was going to be a positive one for him. I mean, and also, I mean, just, you know, obviously Target Field and that lineup behind him. Uh, you know, just kind of switching leagues. Usually, I don't like an NL pitcher going to the AL, but
1: lo and there behold, are exceptions. And I will go back to two years ago, Garrett Cole. I yeah. heard people mm-hmm. arguing that I'm like, guys, you are so wrong. I mean, he's and I had Cole. Uh, that was wait, that was last year, right? He's only spent one year with Houston, right?
0: Yeah, he only spent one yeah. year with Houston.
1: Yeah, I remember because I, I have a – I spent – he was a guy in my home league. It's an auction. I'm like, I'm getting him. And I actually to to keeping him this year, um, even at a high price. But I was like, I got to keep it. I had really good bats. I'm like, I have to keep one pitcher. It came down to Cole or Clevenger. Clevenger was cheaper, but he had the issue at the time. I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to take Cole. Cole was just so good last year going to the Yankees. I got to keep Cole. But I was – I I have an article that I wrote to prove it. I'm not lying. Like, I was like, <laughs> no, because th- that that's – like she who, well, he,
0: no, no, who, who wouldn't believe you? Like if you'd say that you, you know, if, that this is the way it was like, who's be who's like, dude, Ronis, you're, you're a liar. You're a liar. I don't know, I don't maybe
1: someone you. that doesn't know me and they're just tuning in. They're like, who's this guy? And they don't know my track record. Come on.
0: Come on.
1: Oh, wait, no, he pitched two years with the Astros. The article, I found the article. It's 2018. I wrote it.
0: <laughs> See, I don't, it's COVID man. I don't even know what day it is. Yeah, I
1: right? know. I sometimes, uh, Oh, yeah. And then, like, I see, like, the first, I don't know, I because they changed the site for where I work, but it says many assume a pitcher go to the American League loses value. Is that the case for Garrett Cole going from the Pirates to the Astros? But, yeah, like, people make these generalizations that I just completely agree with. And I think I even pointed out that was a year we, we got to a point where the ALNL disparity in ERA was not that different. It was just wasn't that different. And to me, it was like, oh, he's going to Houston, and we, Charlie Morton, perfect example. Remember when Morton was with the Pirates, and I know he rediscovered his velocity, but yeah, the general generalizations people have sometimes are just you can't go by that. So yeah, the often great myths. Oh, yeah, oftentimes, yeah, sure. Although this year it doesn't matter with the DH. No, it but definitely didn't. But we didn't, well, we didn't know. DH. We didn't know. That's you know. That's interesting. You know, we did not know that. When we drafted in February and March, that changes things, man. We didn't know that.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Adam Ronis, everybody. Just come on. Adam freaking Ronis. Uh, before we continue here, I just want to give a quick shout-out here to uh to our sponsors, Monkey Knife Fight. Such great guys. I had uh Nick Salski on the Fantasy Alarm show. Uh, you can catch that on demand. Uh, from SiriusXM.com, or you can just uh, take my word for it, it was an amazing time, and get yourself over to Monkey Knife Fight, and here's why. (laughs) Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps, and you don't have to play against Sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports, too. MonkeyNightFight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up. And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh pay the bills. Well, all right, man. So we're celebrating the Giolito no hitter. Uh, let's talk hoops for a second. No games tomorrow, Adam. No games tomorrow. Are there? No, there are. There oh, what is tomorrow? Why am I not seeing? Where's my lines? Where are my lines? There's three games.
1: Got Magic Bucks at four. Thunder Rockets at 6:30 oh, and the Blazers Lakers at 9.
0: Jeez, all right, let's do it baby. Let's get to our best bets here. We'll start off with the Bucks against the Magic. Uh Bucks by 14 227 and a half is the over under. They are a, uh, a again an astonishing -1115. 1, so Yeah, I love it, man. Milwaukee. Do they uh do they just finish them off and just destroy them? Or is fourteen too much for you?
1: Um, yeah, I'm not feeling great about these games tomorrow. Uh, I would lean Milwaukee and think they close it out, but 14's a lot, man. I mean, they could have a backdoor cover. They almost did in mm-hmm. the last game, but uh, I think Milwaukee closes them out. I think week uh, game one was the wake up call, and they've responded. And I believe they have covered the last few games, but uh, to me, Milwaukee closes this one out.
0: All right, I uh, I definitely see it the same way. I kind of like the fo- taking the fourteen points for the Magic. Uh, I I don't think the the Bucks need to drive home the point. Um, and like you said, fourteen is a is a lot. Uh, Oklahoma City against Houston uh, Rockets are favored by three. You were uh, you hit it the other day uh, when you took the Thunder. This one's tied at two, right? This one's a uh, tight yeah. little series.
1: Yeah, it is tied at two. Uh, I'm not sure where I'm going here yet. Uh, I haven't made a decision. Um, you know, the Thunder have responded in the last two games being down 2-0. Russell Westbrook is out once again. Uh, I'm not sure yet on this one. I, I haven't made a decision yet. Okay.
0: Listen to that. That's perfectly acceptable. That's perfectly acceptable. Uh, Lakers, Blazers, that's the final game for the night. Lakers up 3-1. to one. Uh, Lillard's hurt. He's out. Yeah. He's out for the game. 14 points. Uh, the favorite for the Lakers. There is no over under line that I see. Uh, Lakers are minus 1250, uh, money line favorite.
1: Uh, such a high number to lay in a playoff game, but, uh, I think Portland's done, bro. I think they're out of gas. And now you take Lillard out of this lineup. Uh, they, they covered this number in the last game, winning by 20. Uh, they also won by 23 in Game Two. Uh, I don't really want to touch this line, but uh, I think I think the Lakers finish it, man. I think it's done.
0: Yeah, I, I think the Lakers finish it again. I'll, I'll say it, man. I, I'm with you. Once once you sit there and you turn around and, uh, and and you you're putting a big point spread on there. I mean, it's just not something. That, that you really want to do, especially when the series is at three to one. Like if these series were at two, two and, you know, and a and team was getting lucky, it'd be one thing, but I mean, they're just going to pound. Um, but I, I, mean, I, well, you, I know, think that, you know, cause you know what can they'll...
1: happen? They could be up 20, right? With yeah. like five minutes left. Then they put all the scrubs in the game and then all of a sudden Portland outscores the Laker bench and they lose by 13 and now you don't cover. So That's the problem there. Why you don't want to lay such a big number? There's so many things that can happen late in the game where they wind up covering the number, so it's very risky.
0: It is very risky, and I'm with you. And I, you know, I'm I'm, I might be a little risk averse at least when I'm betting NBA because I'm still learning it from Adam. I'll talk football uh, wagering till the cows come home. Very excited about that. But, uh, nevertheless, that's going to do it for us here tonight over at the Annie Up podcast. Big thanks to all you guys for tuning in and listening. Uh, big thanks to Adam Ronis, as always, for bringing the heat. And, uh, and now he gets to go back and watch the Clippers, uh, oh, it's try, over. And, try and put this game away. It's I mean, tough. it is it's tight. It's a minute 31 it left. Is like, tight but, right now. One Hopefully,
1: you guys, hopefully, you guys listened yesterday. I know the other, uh, Day, uh, I I had a couple of bets that lost, but said the Clippers were going to cover and that everyone was going to be on Dallas and that the Clippers would respond. I put in the wageralarm.com article, the Clippers in this spot where they've lost the game have won their last six games in this spot and five of those games they've won by double digits and they just pounded Dallas tonight uh, and also at Denver. Uh, getting the points and I mentioned on the podcast yesterday take the over 219 and that went over so a bounce back uh, that was much needed and uh, Clippers uh, showing why I uh, firmly believe in this team Paul George (laughs) is back playoff P showed up tonight Well, it's about
0: damn time he did. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Again, big thanks to Fantasy Alarm, the Sawdust Podcast Network, Monkey Knife Fight, Adam Ronis, Shannon Blunt for doing the editing. Love you all. We'll catch you tomorrow. Uh, Peace. Be good. Take it easy.